I don't have it on me. It is somewhere in this place. There's the, there it is right there. Who's expecting 80-degree weather the other day? Well, I live in Texas. I expect it all the time. I can't believe we've had any cold fronts before Thanksgiving. So, But it's been ridiculously good weather. I can't complain at all. Well, I'll be, I'll be pretty fast. Actually, with Joy, Joy was out. We, the older uh, we get, uh, and, and part of this, I think, to talk about this a little bit is, is Thanksgiving. I was going to talk about it later on here, too. But uh, it's just appreciating your family, appreciating those that God places around you, understanding where your witness is at times, that God's given you people already in your life. Uh, to be the light to maybe the hardest people in your life to be the light to is family because they've watched your progress. Uh, I've seen pastors uh, who've had to pastor in places where they've grown up and it's extremely hard for them. You know, Jesus said a prophet is not without honor except in his own country. So uh, it's hard. Uh, one of the reasons I've never gone back, I, I grew up in Kaufman, Texas. And one of the reasons I never go back to Kaufman is because they're I would be such a drastic different person than they understand it. And, and like the, when, when I first got on Facebook and you're first seeing all these people that you haven't talked to forever. And it's, it, it, back in the days, it was linking you more to people who you graduated with. It was really more about that than networking to everything. And, um, the common message I got all the time, literally in, in my message box, was pastor? Question mark. Wow. Didn't see that one coming. You know, and I'm like, I know. I bought weed from you or you bought weed from me. I mean, like literally uh, it was like that. And God has so dramatically shifted and changed my life. And, uh, and so I, I think it's hard for some people to ever see anything more. And uh, which is sad too, because I think that's what God does with your eyes after you've been saved for a while. You, you don't realize how much after you've been saved for a while, how you just see different than everybody else. You just get used to seeing the same things. I, miracles are not all that uncommon in the church so we don't look at miracles like some people are in ooh and awe of a miracle it's not that i'm not in ooh and awe or amazed and i'm still amazed and astonished every time i see a miracle but i hang around with the miracle maker i mean they saw you know what's irony to me they had a hard time believing jesus raised from the dead after they watched him twice raise people from the dead there are some things that still demand the ooh and awe of of the lord but there are at times where it's like man well he's kind of done it before i mean Kind of has done it before. I mean, it's like there's this, there's this piece of us that we're kind of back and forth a lot when it comes to this kind of stuff. So I want to start this series to get us to the end of the month. Uh, we were not going to be in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we are going to be uh, in this series just that's going to get us to the end of the month. And I, I wanted to talk about some of the things that I think about uh, this time of year. And so uh, to me, Thanksgiving and Christmas kind of run together. I mean, like they literally run together so much so it's in the shopping, it's in everything. And so I'm kind of calling this thing, thank Christmas. And uh, that's kind of where we're at um, for today a little bit. And that's what I'm going to call this thing. And today I want to talk about the, the Thanksgiving portion since we ended Mark last week and we're running into the holidays now and Thanksgiving is behind us. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that I think about or I reflect upon uh, that, that when these holidays come around, I'm constantly in reflection. A lot of it's because we're at the end of the year. I'm thinking about what I could have done better. I'm thinking about those things. But I'm also thinking about um, character reflection, a lot of character reflection, especially around holidays that require us to be thankful. <laughs> holidays, when we think about Christmas and we 
think about the birth of Christ. There's a lot of things that one of the things birth of Christ, a lot of people are going to preach is about generosity and the gift that God gives without anything to give back. You know, I mean, there's this there's these attributes of God that we see show up and they, every year we're, we were pushed and pressed to think about these things. Um, so while I'm definitely going to lead us in the next chapter of, of where we're heading in the church at the first of the year. Um, I'm going to utilize this time of the holidays to teach on some godly characteristics, things that, again, like I reflect on. Uh, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll make our way right through it. Uh, so let's get started. I'm calling this serious Thank Christmas. Thank Christmas is what I'm calling this thing. I think there is a slide back there, Charity. I, I don't know if I pointed it up just right. Yeah, Thank Christmas. Uh, it's kind of mingled the two together, but... Uh, because basically one isn't a stranger to the other, right? You can't, you can't be generous without being thankful, right? We can't move into Christmas. I mean, like, honestly, Thanksgiving is perfect right before Christmas. It perfectly leads up into it. Nobody, like, I mean, people that give with an unthankful heart, it's not, is it really giving if you're begrudgingly doing it? I mean, like, it's, it's such a weird thing, right, to see. You don't, you don't see people around Christmas time, especially any kind of portrait or painting or, or picture that the TV or movies want to show you at Christmas times. No matter what, when they get to the part where there's presents and gifts are being offered, everybody's super happy and thankful in that moment. I mean, even uh, those of us who've watched uh, Ralphie shoot his eye out over and over every year right? Even he is still thankful for the gun. I mean, he's still thankful for that thing. So it's hard to have one without the other. And it, the reason is a spirit of thanksgiving leads to generosity because thankfulness leads to gratefulness. And gratefulness is a fruit or a byproduct of being thankful. In definition, I looked it up. It's actually expressed this way. Thankful is what you feel inside and grateful is your thankfulness expressed outwardly. That's the way they define that. So you can't really be generous or move into Christmas without being grateful. Because generosity is a fruit of gratefulness. And gratefulness is a byproduct of thankfulness. You need one. You've got to have one. They all exist together. They're all tied together. This means you're going to struggle come December or Christmas if you're struggling to reflect and meditate on November. Hard to have Christmas if you don't at least first have that Thanksgiving part, it makes you appreciate Christmas. It makes you appreciate that time of year. And, and it's during these times, they're great reminders of our faith and great markers for course correction in your life if you'll let them be. Thanksgiving is bigger than just an American holiday. It's the will of God. It's the will of God. At least that's what the, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul believed. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Be thankful. Be thankful in all circumstances. And here it says it. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, one of the things that I get asked all the time is, what is God's will for me? Well, I can tell you this. It's to be thankful. It's pretty plain. It's pretty plain. Paul says, be thankful in what? In all circumstances. So there's never a time that I shouldn't be thankful. Never. There is never a time in my life where I shouldn't be thankful. I should be thankful for everything. The good things in my life, easy to be thankful for. My wife, my kids, my friends, my church, easy things. The bad things in my life, the people I hate, I shouldn't hate. And right now, that's what happens. You, this time of year, you start to think about that. I need to, I need to better my, these people that I hate, I should be praying for. I need to be thankful for them. What are they showing me? The flaws in my own character. Because I shouldn't. If I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be saying I hate anybody. 
So I should be reflecting upon that. If I'm having trouble or if I'm having uh, to be stirred by something, I need to think back now. You know, this is when I go back to these old stories, that, you know, by my mentor that says, every time uh, me or Joy now have somebody that if we work with them and we're uncomfortable with them, like I just wish they would go away or I just wish that weren't in my life. Lord, you got to deliver me from this person. You know, we go back to Merle who, who every time who Merle Adams, my mentor, I've told this story in here a bunch, but we always go back to that story where God tells Merle, uh, well, I'll move him when he's no longer a problem for you. That is never the answer you want to hear. It's just never the answer. You know, basically, if, if we're being honest, when we go to prayer with God, we're all like spoiled children. What I want, God, is you to do what I ask, and I want it now. And that's really ultimately how we pray sometimes. Uh, but the truth is, is, it rarely, you know, rarely, if ever, does God act like that. Uh, so it's even the bad things I need to be thankful for. The ups, the good things in my life, the things that go my way. Like when I prayed for something and I received it, I should be so joyous. By the way, I, I think that's one of the greatest miracles that's overlooked ever. I mean, like I put that next to uh, uh, raising somebody from the dead. Here's why. Because I'm just going to get with you scripturally on this one. Uh, if you're praying and God answers your prayer, right? Can I tell you, God doesn't answer anything that he doesn't want to answer. God performs his will above yours. All, here's the miracle, is that somehow in your depraved mind and body, you're, you're, you somehow aligned yourself with the thoughts of God so that when God said yes, he really wasn't saying yes to your request. That request was birthed into you by him so that you don't get any part of that. It's all God. So that when we go to heaven and like Paul will say, well, all is his. Even my thoughts were captivated by him. And in my thoughts, when I prayed, I prayed his will. And because I prayed his will, it happened. Because God doesn't do anything against his will. All right? So just, it's a miracle when our will aligns with his. Because very rarely does that happen. Very rarely. Doesn't mean we shouldn't strive. I'm just saying. So when things are good, it's awesome. Guess what? When things are bad, we're supposed to be thankful. Hard one. Hard one. I always come back to Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to them who love God, who are called according to his purpose, right? Who are, who, who are the ones in the cause and the contract that are called according to his purpose? We all are. We're all called according to his purpose. Whatever that purpose is, first and foremost, it's to be the image of Christ to the world. However that works through us individually, that's a whole other story, and that's a life's journey. But what it, what, what it does say in Romans eight twenty eight is that for good or for bad, it's all working out according to the purpose that he is placed in us. That being said, there is no bad then. So when bad things happen, how can I be thankful for bad things? Because they are shaping me in the way that he wants me. Like the stones when, uh, we, you know, uh, Nathan, uh, who comes to church here, you know, he, he looks for arrowheads a lot, right? And, and how do they make arrowheads? They take a rock that's a piece of stone. It just looks like a rock. They take another rock and they beat that rock until it looks like an arrowhead, right? That's what good and bad things are in your life. You're just a big stoned heart, and God is chipping away at you to make it something useful, right? And some days, you hits the vein just right, and it just slides right off like he barely had to hit the rock. You didn't even notice. It was a good day. And then there's some days where you're like, I swear he's pounding on me with a sledgehammer, right? I think he's going to destroy me if he hits me one more time, right? And, and, but no matter what, he's forming you into something. Else. So I'm thankful for the good things. I'm thankful for the bad things, for the ups, for the downs, for every season under the sun. I am always supposed to be thankful. And now I'm not saying any of that's easy, <laughs> but it is the will of God that we be this way. And that isn't my opinion. That isn't something we have to think about. That's the Bible. 
All right? It's not what Jim says this morning. We're not teaching self-help 101. We're saying God says be thankful in all things. Right? It's the will of God that we be thankful. Having the ability to appreciate God, what he's given us. It's a given that we take a lot of things for granted. But there are a lot of things to be thankful for. I get up every morning, and you know what? The earth hasn't moved off its axis. By that's a big deal. I don't know if you pay attention. I'm like a sci-fi nerd, so like I tend to like listen to that kind of thing. But do you realize how awesome that is that the earth hasn't moved off its axis going around the sun? All right? If it moves one inch, we could, if it's one inch closer, we burn to death. I am thankful it's not closer. If we move one inch farther, we freeze to death. I am thankful that it's not one inch farther, right? I, I am thankful uh, that it, it is right where it exactly needs to be. I'm thankful for air. Somehow this thing spins so fast, it literally creates an atmosphere that is holding air in here for us to live and breathe. That's crazy stuff when you start to think about the science of everything, right? I'm still standing, right? There's enough centrifugal force pulling gravity and it's holding my feet to the ground. I'm not floating up in the sky, although that would be fun too. As long as I don't go into the atmosphere, right? <laughs> and I tell you, the other day, this little extra right here, talk about embarrassing where you're not really paying attention to how laws of physics work. So my daughter has this little ball thing that lights up. I don't know if one of y'all gave it to her in here or whatever, but it's got these propellers on the top, right? And where she, it's always breaking. It like hits the ceiling and breaks into pieces all the time. Well, she's got this thing taped up and it looks like it's working pretty good. And it usually like batteries die within seconds. This, it's, a, it's a piece of junk. It's like a $5 toy. All right. And, but she's got this thing working like it's doing pretty good. And I'm like, oh man, this is, so, this is cool, right? It's flying pretty good. I was like, let's take it outside. It's a total dumb move. Okay. So I take it outside and I'm like, this is going to be awesome. It's black as night. We'll be able to see this thing really good. And I let go of it and it just keeps going. And going, I'm like, any minute now, this thing's going to die. It doesn't matter. It's going to die, right? It doesn't. It, 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 hits, it hits a wind channel up there, apparently, and starts to kind of float back away from my house. I'm like, well, I'll get a flashlight, and I'll just walk. Surely it's going to come down. Well, by the time I get about 65 yards, it, it dawns on me. It's over. There's a place called Church Hill about half a mile from us, right? It's over Church Hill. <laughs> I can't. Oh my gosh, I got to get back to my truck. So I run back to my truck, right? And, and I'm like flying, trying to get my truck to, to where by the time I turn and see it, it's already at area A out in the park, which is a mile and a quarter from my house. All right. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not coming down. And by the time I get to A, it's already another mile away. I mean, there's, I couldn't do anything about it. And I had to come back and like, I'll buy you another one. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm grateful for funny moments like that because she just laughed and goes, it's just a dumb toy. That was cool. I was like, wasn't cool to me because I was like, oh my gosh. She just was so proud. She fixed this thing up, got it working from breaking into a million pieces, and then it just flew like two and a half miles. I was like, oh my, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. Felt like a horrible dad in that moment, right? But I am so thankful that she thought it was funny. I'm so thankful how that all worked out, right? I'm thankful that my legs are working, that my arms are working. I'm, that I'm thankful that I can preach this morning, which means my mouth is still functioning. That's a big deal to a guy who talks a lot. Uh, I am uh, so thankful that I, can, that I can verbally say that I'm thankful, you know, for my wife, my kids, my roof over my head, for clean water. Amen. Uh, 
right? I'm thankful for a toilet. Be without one. I lived in the Colorado for a week, guys, without it. I was thankful for a toilet. That's like the first thing you could like really get thankful for. You would think it'd be a shower. No, no, it's a toilet. It's a toilet. I'm thankful for a refrigerator. Thank you, Jesus, for a refrigerator. I've been to places in Africa and some places where they don't have one, and I promise you, you would never want to buy meat from a place that doesn't have a refrigerator. It looks pretty gross when it's just hanging up outside, right? There's a lot of stuff, right? There's a lot of stuff to be thankful for. I'm thankful for this church. I'm thankful for all of you. I'm thankful for your kids who are growing up, who are going to change the world. I'm thankful for these things because in all of my circumstances in life, whether good or bad, whether up or down, I am thankful there's so much to be thankful for, right? And it's in the spirit of that thanksgiving that produces gratefulness within me and will ultimately lead me into where we're heading, into generosity, because this next month, what's it going to remind us of? It's going to remind us to be give as He gives, right? We're going to, we're going to reflect upon Christ and what God gives, the grace that He gives. He gave us Christ who brings healing, who brings all these things to our life, right? Who brings salvation. And God... God generously gives through Christ, right? And that's what's going to lead me. This thankfulness is going to bubble up into gratefulness, and gratefulness is going to produce action in me, right? While studying these things, I came across a story from a young woman who was actually trying to explain how thankfulness and gratefulness align themselves. And she explained it in a story that she called uh, the two branches of gratitude. Listen to her story. She says, the two branches of gratitude, one is gratefulness and the other is thanksgiving. The thanksgiving branch develops when the bowl of life is so full that it's almost overflowing, but not quite. It's so full that it's almost bowed at the top or bowed at the top, but not quite dribbling over the edges. When the thanksgiving branch is this way, you experience the fullness of life. And when you're in the fullness of life, you're one with God. And that is so fulfilling that it overflows you directly into the second branch, that of gratefulness. When you're in the space of gratefulness, your whole life is overflowing. You're so grateful that there is an other, another human being in which to serve, share and give to, and that is so fulfilling that it puts you right back on the other branch where you're one with God and there is no one else. Man, what a wonderful way of looking at that. One leads to the other. And when those things are all both full, all of a sudden everything is shut out. You're just doing, you're, you're, you're serving others and helping others out of the sheer thankfulness and gratefulness that's bubbling within you, which makes you one with the Lord. In other words, it's a wonderful balance of sincere worship, one overflowing into the other and all of it flowing into being one with, with the Lord. Thanksgiving isn't a once a month holiday. It's an everyday sort of thing. It should permeate our life. Ephesians 5.20 says, and give thanks for everything to God. So we are to give thanksgiving in all circumstances. Paul goes on to say to the Ephesians, and give thanks for everything to God, the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're to give thanks for everything. Now that's a big word. It's got an infinite meaning, right? First of all, when we said the, the give thanks in all circumstances, all, everything, that's pretty much the, the theme he's running with, right? Everything means all things. We're to be thankful for everything in our life because everything we experience, everything literally shapes our day and our life is not happenstance. It's not coincidence. It's called providence. God is working these things in your life. Nothing is just by chance. 
man, this person pulled out in front and I end up hitting them. That's not happenstance. How are you going to act in that moment? I mean, you know what? You know how many times, like one of the things we say in leadership all the time, uh, we'll get to it on our Wednesday nights. One of the things we say in leadership, Jesus is constantly interrupted in his ministry. How do you, how do you deal with interruption? I'm just saying, when things happen that aren't convenient for us, how we act in that moment says everything about us. You know, the old Taco Bell story. Most of you heard that story where I make a fool of myself at Taco Bell trying to get my food, right? How I behaved. You know, one of the things that was reminded me, you think that guy would come to your church? No, because I treated him so down to him. It was horrible, right? Nothing worse than using your own, you know, bad stories about yourself, you know, where you're a failure, you know, but because it, it's not like I like to be reminded of it, but can I tell you this? I'm thankful that it happened because not only has that changed my life, but I've been able to use that story to change others. Because that, you know, the one thing you do remember, you'll remember my failures, that's for sure. People tell me, oh, remember the Taco Bell story? No, I don't. Yeah, I, I have guys that call me at other churches four hours from here and going, I told them your Taco Bell story. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm glad I live on some way. These are the things I'm going to pass down to the next generation, my failures. Praise the Lord. But I'm thankful for that, right? Because maybe in my failures, they'll figure out the right way. Amen. All right. So th these are the things we're to be thankful for, right? It's providence. It's an ever-moving Holy Spirit allowing even the subtle things to take place around you so that you become what God has dreamed for you to be, not what you dream for you to be. God has a dream for you, right? Even when you think you're still not walking in the will of God, even when you think all these things, right? God is still there in control. He's still doing His will. He's still performing His will uh, 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 on you, man. Listen, even the wicked understand this, man. Even the wicked understand that uh, uh, they don't think they walk in the, the will of God. And you know that they don't walk in the will of God, but they do walk in the mercy of God. They walk in the grace of God. Do you know even the wicked, the people who don't believe in Jesus at all, walk in the grace of God and the mercy of God right now? Right now, they get to be thankful for what? That condemnation and judgment hasn't hit them yet. Now, for them, make no mistake, this is their heaven and hell awaits for them. But, but for now, God gives them mercy. God gives them grace, hoping that they'll turn, hoping that they'll change, hoping that they'll say yes, right? And they're granted that mercy even though they don't deserve it. That's why it's called grace. And grace should produce thankfulness. If it doesn't, then you're missing it in life. You really don't have a grasp on how selfish you are or how utterly depraved you are. And you can always spot a person who isn't thankful because they walk in a spirit of ungratefulness. They're, I mean, you, nobody wants to hang around these people, right? It's easy to spot them because they don't have friends, right? People who are unthankful and ungrateful people, they're not your best friends, right? You don't want to hang around them. They're mean. They're spiteful. They're, they're, they're bitter, usually, Right? Those type of people are always unhappy, and they're unappreciative of everything that they receive. They're pessimistic and depressing. Good night. Right? And let's be honest, in this day and age, it can be easy to take our eyes off the gifts that God gives us every day and watch what the world wants us to see. And if, listen, if you watch enough news, you too can be pessimistic and depressed about the future. But that isn't what Christians are called to be. We're called to be a thankful people. We're to give thanks in all circumstances. We're to be thankful about everything. The good, the bad, the up, the down. Doesn't matter. We are called to make a difference. Over and over, the Bible shows us God using anyone who, like Isaiah, will say, here I am, Lord, use me. That's all he said. And by the way, the reason, if you look in the very first text when he's saying, here I am, Lord, use me, and it says a coal came down and touched his lips. Why? Because his lips were unworthy of it. 
He said he was such an unclean man. That was one of the first things Isaiah says. Isaiah gives us uh, the most quoted book in the New Testament. All right? So eloquently spoken. I mean, like you read his stuff, it's like poetry. But go, go back and really look. Isaiah, the very, in the very beginning, is going, and I'm the worst. He's like, he's like Paul. I'm the worst, Lord, but if no one else is saying they'll, they'll be used, well, I will. I mean, I'm, I'm here, Lord, but I'm a man of unclean lips. Unclean lips mean I have unclean heart, too. Right? But God's saying, man, I'm looking for the person that says I'm willing. Are you willing? Right? We as Christians believe this. We're supposed to. This is what allows us to walk in thanksgiving. We can walk in gratefulness. We're supposed to be the optimism. We're supposed to be the hope. When it seems the light is starting to fade and the sun is growing weak, we are the lights that light the world. And we're brighter than a thousand suns, not because we're anything special, but because we're the image of God. And as he is light, so are we. That's imputed into us, right? What makes us the light? How thankful we are about everything. Like when you're down and out and everybody knows you should feel horrible about whatever's happening, whatever tragedy is going on in your life, whatever uh, 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 situation you find yourself in. How are you always finding hope? How are you always finding that's the light of this world? That's the light that keeps everything optimistic, that keeps everything rolling, where, where God keeps going from one generation to the next. This is the thing we have to be thankful for. This is what drives my thankfulness, right? And my gratefulness, so that in everything I do, I am thankful. My thankfulness becomes my worship to God as it goes into every part of my life. Hebrews 12, 28. Since we are receiving a kingdom that is unshakable, let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. Let us be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. So even our thankfulness is weaved into our worship. We worship from a spirit of thankfulness. So this is where you keep your eyes focused on what's important. You don't feed into the negativity. It's hurting you more than you, you're hurting it. You focus on what God has called you to do and be in this world. Our time is limited. So be thankful for every minute you have, right? Where's, where's my wife this morning? She's with her parents. And now I think she's with my parents today, but this last few days, that's where she went to see, right? We realize and our parents are getting older, and as our parents get older, we want to make sure intentionally that we are spending the time we can. I'm ready to get off my dear lease and go do some other type of stuff and have the money do it stop. By the way, so is my wife. But <laughs> the conversation that we keep coming back to is my dad is getting to the place where my mom doesn't want to let him go by himself. And so me and my brother are on this thing, and it keeps us ha always seeing each other because my dad lives four hours away. My brother lives four hours away. But the one place that they go to a lot this time of year is the deer lease. And that's the one place I can go and we can see each other. And we'll spend a lot more time talking on the phone, discussing pictures of deer and all these other things. But we spend a lot of time during the year talking because of this one thing that we all have in common. Right? So I keep it intentionally to maintain a relationship with my dad and my brothers. Just for that sole purpose. Even though it doesn't even fit my needs anymore. I do it because I promise you this. I'll never regret that. Come to the end of my days, I'm never going to regret the time that I spent with my parents or my family or, or any of those things. Listen, man, it, it's, time is short. That's the one thing that God has shown me. And if you don't have a, a knowledge of that, man, you need one. Everybody needs a, a very clear idea of what that is, right? 
it's thankfulness, man. I'm, it's, it drives everything I, I am. It drives everything I do, right? Um, and it, 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 it's this thankfulness that beckons me in this capacity right here as a pastor to serve you and whatever I can actually do. I don't know what I can do, but I usually tell people I don't know what I can do, but what I, whatever I can do, I will do. And, and as a pastor, that's kind of like I'm thankful for that opportunity because the one thing I have found out the, maybe the better part of my life is in how many people can I help? How many people can I serve? How many people can I help? How can I live in servitude? Like one thing I do agree with Paul is that I do think that um, I really do think the, the idea when he said, I mean, I've become a bondservant to Christ. Christ set you free and you can live free. But the most fulfilling thing that you can live is when Christ says, will you let go of your things and take up all my things and live for me now? This is how you live in him, right? When you quit living for yourself and you start to live in Christ, for Christ, whatever he wants, that's what I'm going to do. If he wants me to move, I'm going to move. It's crazy talk, right? It really is. And it, we would call that radical talk. Or brother, you must be a pastor. But it's not meant for that. All right? We've made it that, but it's not meant for that. It was meant for everybody. Anybody who loves Christ enough. By the way, when all the apostles were called, it wasn't like, hey, I'm putting out seminary. Uh, this is going to be the Jesus Christ seminary. And I've got sign-in sheets. And these 12 guys are the only guys that signed up. It wasn't like that. All right? It's not like it, he took common people who had no clue of what ministry was. And ministry was birth from them, right? In just their friendship. Listen, that's the same today. Jesus comes and over time starts to befriend you. And uh, there comes a point where you're like, I'm never like, like Peter. My fishing days are over. They're over. Because I want to go fish and I'd like to go fish. But God's called me to preach. And it's like, well, I feel this calling. No, no, no. Let's take all that out of it. Take all that out of it. Let's take all the churchy stuff out of it, right? That we've made it. It was just as simple as this. I got to tell everybody I can about this guy. It was just really that. I got to tell everybody I can. Well, how are you going to do this? I have no idea. I don't know. Like Paul. That's where I love Paul. I'm going to go wherever, take the trades that I have, get employed. And while I'm employed there, I'm going to spread the gospel. And then I'm just going to get up and take my trades to this other city. And I'm, while I'm employed there, I'm going to spread the gospel. Where? Where I'm employed. That's where I'm going to spread the gospel. And then when I move over here, I'm going to set down the old tent maker shop again. And as I'm helping out people... I'm going to set up the, the gospel. I'm going to share the gospel. Churches were not born because they were church planners who went off with funding and everything else from other churches. It's not like, well, the church of Jerusalem sent me. They gave me about $100,000. I'm opening this building. We're going to have a big blowout deal, big party. Everybody come see it, and hopefully 50 people will stay. It's not like that. It's I'm going to go to work at this place. It's weird what we've made it today when you look at what it was because it really what it was is such a grassroots thing. No, there was no ministry per se. There was no like board that you had to get approved. Uh, by the way, you know, unless you have papers, you're not a preacher. Uh, can you imagine? They wouldn't credential Peter. They wouldn't credential John. They wouldn't credential these guys. I mean, you know, their whole life is written out there. I mean, you remember if you if you credential Peter, can you imagine his backstory? Hey, you know, can you imagine bringing him up on stage? Hey, here's uh, you know Reverend Peter or Pastor Peter. Uh, actually, we probably still call him Apostle Apostle Peter. Here he is. Uh, he's, yes, he's also the guy that denied Jesus three times. Hey, but he did cut a guy's ear off when they were trying to come take him. Right before Jesus rebuked him and 
put his ear back on. <laughs> I mean, like, this is bizarre stories for Peter. Like, we just wouldn't, we wouldn't even, like, I'm pretty sure I'm not even letting that guy leave my small group. This is not going to happen. I mean, but this is the, this is the, this is Jesus, man. This is what you can be thankful for your everyday life, man. And be thankful for, you know what, church, church should be the life of every day. This is your life every day. It's what, it's what drives me. That's why I would show up. And even just, even if there's a few of us, I'm going to show up every time because this is, I love Jesus. If you give me an opportunity to talk about Jesus, I'm going to take an opportunity to talk about Jesus. And God wants more than that just being a thing for a preacher. He wants you to be like that. He wants you. But it is what I'm thankful for. It's this that's given me a great perspective of life. It's given my family a great perspective. Um, I, I would have never thought that I could have had the life I have uh, out without Christianity. Uh, I need Jesus. Uh, at times, I will be honest, the church seems like a dysfunctional family. Uh, to me, it just means I found my family. Because <laughs> uh, uh, I think, I, I don't necessarily say I grew up in a dysfunctional family, because my parents stayed together the whole time, but... I mean, I had my own life going on, you know, in the process. And, and I can say that when I came to the church, I wasn't perfect. I was pretty messed up. But that's the thing, right? So is everybody. And I think Christian perspective, what I can be thankful for more than anything is that when I approach the holidays like Thanksgiving or when I approach Christmas, I don't necessarily dread it. It's strategic for me. Me and Joy, we sat back. I'm just going to give you a little bit of extra stuff. We sat back and we were talking about it. She's like, I think I'm going to go see my sisters, go see my family and stuff. Well, there's, listen, man, I've got all girls in my house. Joy comes family of all girls. This is where there's girls, there's drama. This is just how it is. <laughs> Ladies, don't, don't like this, there's not. Y'all know how to navigate it because you've lived it your whole life. But if you're a guy who grew up in an all-guy house, you know, the only female was your mom, right? My mom solved that real easy. Hey, you're going outside, and I'm locking the door. You're outside all day. Like, that's how that was. So I didn't have to, like, learn how a female was because I just really wasn't around much. It's just I was around my brothers and my dads all the time, right? We got locked out of the house. And... Uh, she was like, well, y'all need to be outside anyway. That's what she would say. So, so, but even as we sat there and we talked about her going up, all right, realize that we don't see your families as much as, as say, their friends and their pastors and their family, you know. So when we go there, we don't stir things. We don't, uh, we, I said, man, you have to treat them um, with love and respect. And even if you don't agree with something saying, you don't get to come out and say that. Like one of the things that makes you a friend, if y'all didn't realize some of this, and I'm just kind of giving you a little, this is a little good nugget here, and just thinking about how to navigate the holidays with a spirit of thankfulness. This is where thankfulness and gratefulness come in, okay? How you navigate that, realize how much, if you haven't made a, like, like a bank, right? You don't get a lot of return for where you hadn't made a deposit, all right? Friends are the same way. You don't get to really invest into someone's life or you get to speak into a life that you haven't invested in. It just doesn't work that way. Right? Unless that person, unless you're like some famous person and for some reason that resonates with you, like you've given them a, a platform into your heart or something, but more than likely, unless somebody's been friends with you for a while, they don't have the ability to just speak into your life. So what happens? We get offended. <laughs> they say something like, man, I can't believe they said that to me. They barely even know me. I never even see them but twice a year, you know? And then they come in and try to tell me this and da da da. Well, who do they think, who do they, think they are? So I remind my wife, listen, we see your family like a couple times a year. So you know who you got to be? You got to be Pastor Joy. You go in there and you cheerlead the things that they do good. And you hold their hands on the things that they don't. Right? And if they give you, the, if in that moment Jesus gives you the ability to speak in, speak with such tender softness. Right? 
Not, not with harsh words or, or cutting, right? And by the way, I'm only telling you this not to tell you how. I'm telling you this. We're talking about it ahead of time so that when we walk into the house, we bring the spirit of thanksgiving with us. We walk into the house with a spirit of gratefulness in us. I'm grateful for my time with you. I'm not going to be. I'm going to intentionally work on how I am to better help our time together so that I can cultivate the time we do have, right? Because these are our blood relatives. And let's just be honest, man. I hang out with y'all way more than I hang out with my brothers, all right? To y'all, I could speak way more into, into you than I could my own family because I don't see my own family a lot. And we could say, well, we're blood, but sometimes, let's be honest, man, sometimes I'm not sure that's the best. And the reason why is this, because some of you think just because you're blood, you could say things that you would never say to anybody else. And that's not right. God has called you to walk in a spirit of thanksgiving. He's, that spirit of thanksgiving should be overflowing into a spirit of gratefulness. Gratefulness means I can appreciate people around me, right? What did her story tell even more? Thankfulness, overflowing in thankfulness makes me appreciate that there's someone else to pour my thankfulness into. That's called gratefulness. And then when I pour my gratefulness into someone else, I'm back again now with God, so happy that me and God can do that. Right? This is what we're called to do. And so in these moments, how do we, how do we stay thankful? How do, we, how do we stay grateful in these moments that are hard to navigate, that are struggles, man? Because, come on, man, sometimes family things can get hard. Man, let politics come up. Woo! Man, my mom's a Democrat. Let's just keep it there in case she ever listens to this. All right? So... I don't bring up politics. While there's some things we can't agree on in politics, I don't bring it up on purpose. We're going to differ in opinions. She was raised totally different than me. She was raised also in the city, which helps. You know, that, that's a big difference. I was raised completely in the country. And you just look at demographics on that end, just totally different raised, different. How she went to school is different than how I went to school. And so, like, the, these things that contrast us, that, my point is this. How do we find the middle? Thankfulness makes me want to... Show her an appreciation as my mother. The first thing that means is me not bringing up the things that stabs her with a knife, right? Okay, so one of the other stories that I heard uh, that I've always liked, some of you have heard this or a version of this, right? They always say there's two wolves. And in there's two wolves, there's one that feeds on the darkness and feeds on the pessimism and feeds on negativity, right? And then there's the one that's the hope and the light and the optimism, right? Uh, you put them in a two-room and they're fighting. Which wolf wins? Well, whichever one you feed, Right? So when you sit down with your family and you're sitting down at these holidays, and by the way, everything is a test for you. Every part of your life, every conversation in your life is, is an opportunity to, to witness the gospel. And yes, I understand that your family knows that you love Jesus. Prove it by the way you act. Prove it by the way you act. I, I get it. They already know it. You, maybe you've witnessed to them like 40 million times, right? People know my parents are going to come to church here because they know I'm pastor of church, right? By the way, my mom don't care. <laughs> I'm still her kid. She's going to talk to me however she wants to talk to me, <laughs> you know? And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to respect it. I might not agree with it, but I'll shut my mouth and take it. Why? Because it's my mother. And if I show respect, which I never did when I wasn't saved, all right? She sees Jesus in me because she knows, why are you keeping your mouth shut? You always would fight back. Because I love Jesus, mom. Because I love Jesus. And my love for Jesus makes me have a love greater than my own need to be right. And in my thankfulness, this walk of thankfulness that I have with the Lord, 
man, it overflows into every aspect of my life. It makes me be intentional about everything I go to. So I'll have a meeting with pastors. I'm already thinking about what do I need to be before I walk in that door? How do I need to watch your emotions? Don't let your emotions control you. I'm telling myself all these things, right? Which wolf am I feeding, right? Which wolf are you feeding? Are you fixed on the rough aspects of this time of year? Come on, those uncomfortable moments that are created in our depravity that lead to tense and difficult moments, you know, where somebody says something ugly and you're like, you know, I mean, I've seen those moments happen, right? Or are you fixed on the greatness of God? Because by the way, anything in contrast to Jesus is small. Anything in contrast to Jesus. What are you feeding yourself? Cynicism or joy? Anger and resentment or peace and forgiveness? Who controls who here? Thankfulness is always your choice. You can live in it. And it can flow in and out of you, right? And it can seep into every aspect of your life, which will make you a joy to be around, right? I promise you. Uh, um, or you can feed the other wolf, and you can be the person everyone's dreads seeing during the holidays. Some of you already got names for those people. I'm not going to ask who. I don't want to know. All right? We are recording. No. So, um, and you know how much you like people like that. So don't be that, right? Don't be that person. Be thankful. Be grateful. Let it overflow from you, right? Be thankful in all circumstances. Be thankful in all things. This is what God's calling us to do. This, yeah, I, I get we're, we're stepping into the holiday season here, but Thanksgiving is a wonderful time of year. I know we meet with a lot of family, and some things are good. Uh, I've kind of been adopted into the Tabor family. Hey, man, I had to watch myself. I got a little uh, uh, um, aggressive on the poker games. I was ready to shut everybody out, you know? I love, we get together with the, with the Tabers also in, uh, on New Year's, and my favorite thing is playing, what's it called? Uh, yeah, hand and boot, man. I just want, and the, th- and the thing is, I'm not even very good, but I have to watch it because I want to dominate everybody. <laughs> and I have to make sure, don't talk trash. <laughs> don't, you know, I have to watch myself, you know. And, and, and I, have this, I have this opportunity uh, uh, to, to be Jesus, even in the room with a bunch of people full of Jesus. But man, nothing will bring the un-Jesus out of you like competition, right? Um, so I have to watch myself in those situations. But in there, I have a lot to be thankful for. When I can't be around my family, I have this whole other family that, that has taken us in and, and, and allowed us. And, and, and a lot of that is y'all. You know, like I, the reason my life is so fulfilled here in Marble Falls is because I have a family in y'all. All of you, my family. You know, some of you, you've been here since we first started this thing, man. And y'all know, it's not like it's been the easiest road. It's not always been like, I mean, we had no idea how we were, all of a sudden the tea time came available. We didn't even ask to get in here. There's so many things to be thankful for when it comes to Mosaic being around. I mean, like, technically, we shouldn't even be around. We're like the worst at evangelism. We don't do any advertising like all the other churches do. We don't take ads out in papers. We don't put our phone number out there for everything. We don't, like, have billboards up. We don't, we don't do any of those things. We could, but we are trying to do something different. We are, we've got a vision for something just a little different, you know? And, 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 and man, I'm thankful that... Uh, Y'all are trusting us in that process because I know it's not easy. It's not what everybody else does. I know that's not easy. It's easy to look at what everybody else does and go, why can't we just be like that? Or why can't we just do like that? But everybody has their own walk. And I'm thankful that in my family here that we've, we've allowed each other to take your own walk, right? You know why we're small? Because we don't beat up people when they don't show up for church. All right? Because don't lie. How many churches have you ever been to where pretty much you have the whole church mafia that looks at you if you didn't show up? Yeah, now I'm talking too churchy, right? Yeah, there's no such thing as a church mafia. You haven't gone to church very long. 
you haven't gone to church very long. They don't walk around with thankfulness like they should. <laughs> they look at you like you just lost credibility because you're not here. Jesus is not at your house, apparently. Yeah. That's all right. Hey, you know what? Where else can they go and be saved? I say the same thing for gospers. You're going to find all sorts in God's house. All sorts. You're going to find the religious. You're going to find the gospel. You're going to find the, the heathen, the person that's like somehow like, how are you not saved yet? Like you're here every Sunday and you're still not saved. I know I've seen you be baptized, but I'm pretty sure you're living a life contrary to the you've been changed. Okay. I, there's all these sorts of people in the house of God, right? But make no mistake, this is the house of God. Where else can they be accepted? This is Jesus, right? Be thankful. I'm, I'm thankful for anybody that ever comes. Because you know, why? Nobody makes you come to church. Jesus doesn't even make you come to church. Jesus asks you not to come to church either. Jesus asks you to be church. Right? You know why you come here? Hopefully, this isn't church. This is when the church comes together with other churches. And you know why we do that? Because it's hard to always tell people. We do that so that we can be thankful all the time. So that we, when we can have, you know, you know this powwow that I had with my wife where we're talking about how to conduct ourselves. What do you think today is? What do you think today is? We're about to step into this holiday season. How many of you got like five parties next month? I do. Work parties. We'll have a deacon party. We'll have a church party. Right? There's three right there. I ain't even count my own family stuff yet. Right? There will at least be five others. I will have to go see Joy's family. We will go see my family. That's the way it's, it's going to happen, right? And I'm probably going to end up at somebody else's Christmas party because that's just how it is. It'll be at least five this next month. How I act, how I conduct myself, I don't just make it up as we go. No, man, the spirit of thankfulness in my pursuit in Jesus causes me to think about these things ahead of time because I always want to be a witness about it, right? I come in here to be with you to put myself always on that track because it's easy for me to get out there like an island and forget that I have a host of friends and families that support me and think the same way I do. And I need that. I need every Sunday. I like how Rick DeBose, uh, former superintendent for the Assemblies of God, said one time, I'm pretty sure that God makes some people pre preachers because they wouldn't be saved any other way. <laughs> and maybe that's me. And if that's the case, I am so thankful for God this morning, amen, who saves me and keeps me whole. Let's pray and we'll just go ahead and close out. Father, I, I thank you this morning, Lord, for your word. I, I thank you that... Uh, Lord, in all things and in all circumstances, God, that, that you are uh, always moving in, in in my life and moving uh, me into certain places and, and, Lord, just performing your will and exercising your will upon me, God. Lord, I don't always understand it. Uh, Lord, I might not even agree sometimes, God, but, I, uh, Lord, I surrender. I, uh, and I pray that for all of us, Lord, that we would just all be surrendering to your will, Lord, and thankful that it's exacted in our life, God. Lord, let us be thankful for all the people you placed around us, Lord. Our first ministry, God, to all the people that you placed around us, Lord, for all the people that have been grafted into our life uh, in, in and out of seasons where we get to uh, uh, witness and, and share our, our love and get a little piece uh, uh, of, of each other in exchange, Lord, where, where optimism and optimism collide, where life and life collides, God. And Father, for those uh, that we come across, 
uh, Lord, who, who are uh, struggling in cynicism and struggling in, in uh, pessimism and struggling in these negative aspects, Lord. Father, uh, may, may you just allow the light, your light that is within us, God, to shine in those moments so that we can be the cheerleader when we need to be the cheerleader. We can hold their hand when they need us to hold their hand, and we can be the listener when they just need us to listen, God, or speak a kind word, Lord, and, and let us remember uh, to be thankful uh, as we move throughout this season, Lord, uh, even up to the end of the year, and then some, Lord. Let it be a, a constant reflection. May we just every day as we pray, Lord, reflect on, on our character, Lord, what you're trying to produce within us, Lord, and may our thankfulness overflow into gratefulness and ultimately into generosity, Lord. Father, we give this all to you this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone says amen. amen. Guys, I love you this morning. Thank you for tolerating me. I appreciate it. <laughs>